to Tycoons of Small Biz, the podcast for small business owners by small business owners. Each week, we introduce you to tycoons who share their stories, experience, and advice. Join us now as our hosts connect you with today's tycoons. Good afternoon, tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. My name is Austin Peterson. I'm one of the co-hosts of Tycoons of Small Biz. If this is the first time that you're listening to our podcast, we've been doing this for about two years. We take an opportunity every week to highlight a tycoon of small biz. And what we mean by that is we know and believe that the uh, backbone of the American economy in our country is the small business owner. And so each week we take an opportunity to invite a founder, a CEO, an owner of a business to come on and talk about their personal story, their background, and then their company, obviously, because we want to give them a platform to tell their story, make sure that uh, it gets heard out there, and we're doing everything that we can to build up the uh, the backbone of the American economy. So with that being said, today we definitely have a tycoon on the show today. We've also got somebody who's got an interesting background from an athletic standpoint and the company that they've built. So we've got Rod Watson, one of the founders of Aston Rose, a real estate brokerage based out of, I want to say, North Carolina. Is that right, Rod? Actually, we're in Los Angeles and Miami. Los Angeles and Miami. That's right. I apologize. So uh, welcome to the show, Rod. Glad to have you. Yeah, Austin. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, look forward to having a discussion. Yeah. So, Rod, before we jump into the business side of things, we always start by having our guests tell a little bit about themselves personally. And I know you've got an interesting background and some of the other people that you work with in the organization at Aston Rose have one of those backgrounds that I find very interesting. But I think it's actually more common than we realize, maybe not at the level that you guys were involved in athletics, but yeah, let's start there. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us what your family life's like, what uh, what you did before Aston Rose. Yeah, well, you know, I grew up in Texas, in Houston. Uh, that's where I was born and raised. Um, you know, grew up majority in the city. Fifth Ward is a community where I was born. Um, and then, of course, you know, as I got older, we migrated west of Houston. Kind of, I got the best. Of, I, I actually kind of got the best of both worlds growing up in a in a town called Katy, which is about 40, 45 minutes, which is probably an hour now with traffic, you know, mm-hmm. west of downtown Houston. And, you know, and my grandparents and my mom's side of the family, they all, my grandfather had a farm. So I was around horses, you know, did the rodeo thing a lot growing up. And, um, and then I got into sports right around, I, I'd probably say, 19 years old and, you know, really stuck with it. Had a lot of success playing basketball. I played football, baseball, but basketball was my passion. I really loved the sport. Was fortunate enough that I got better and better each year, and it led to me having an opportunity to play in college, uh, which is when I moved to California in 1996 to play for a you know small Division II school called uh, San Diego Christian. I had a great experience there, and uh, you know went on to play you know South America, and then I had a chance to come back and coach in college about three and a half years, which was a really great experience because I got a chance to really learn more like the business side of basketball, recruiting, running a, you know, running a, a college team, budgeting, all of those things I had off scheduling. I got an opportunity to really see that firsthand from the opposite side of just being a player where, you know, you're preparing week in and week out, you know, for games and season after season, but actually being on the coaching side of things uh, really opened my eyes up to really just how much, you know, demand there is and how many people, how, how many people you're responsible for and just, you know, the responsibility and the duties of being in that role. People think coaching is just like, oh, you just show up to a game, tell kids what to do. Well, that may be <laughs> little league level. 
agent at a professional level, there's a lot of preparation that, that goes into detail and you have to be very detour-oriented. So all of that discipline and structure growing up, you know, growing up in the South and Texas really helped me to, you know, have the discipline and structure that it takes to succeed in this business. Um, because, you know, a lot of people think getting into real estate is like, oh, I just get my license and, you know, the deals are going to fall from the sky. And, you know, unless you have, you know, a great, lead generation system or someone feeding you deals or you have family that you know you're connected to or people that you know that can help you by putting people in front of you it's a tough business to be in so i would say my childhood really prepared me for the life i'm living now i transitioned from sports directly you know into real estate so to answer the question what was i doing before aston rose you know i was still in real estate you know i got into business after getting out of college coaching around 2007 my wife and I, we owned properties, we bought them, renovated them, we lived in some, held some long term. And so I learned at an early age, at a young age, in my early 20s, you know, really a lot, a lot of value around, you know, benefits of owning real estate. And so as I transitioned from, you know, college basketball into real estate around 2007, eight, that's really when things took off for me. So you know, we've been in the business now. It's going on 16 years. We've had a lot of experience from the distressed asset side, dealing with short sales, foreclosures, to working with high-end clients and everything in between, you know. So I would say I've had a very diverse, you know, background and experience in real estate, range from commercial to distressed sales, now working in luxury properties, where most people really focus on one their entire career. I've had opportunity to kind of touch different spectrums in the business, which is great because I've been on the investor side as well too, and still am. So uh, with that said, that's a little bit about me, my background, how I grew up and, you know, who I am as a person. You know, I've been married to my wife, Laura, for 20 years. Uh, we have three beautiful daughters. One's actually turning 18 uh, on Friday. We both have the same birthday, July 29th. And the other daughter, our middle daughter is 16 and our youngest daughter is nine. And we live in sunny Southern California in a coastal community called Ocean Beach. It's amazing, you know, living here and actually going to college here. I can say this place is like paradise, you know, to be able to live so close to the water. I mean, literally look out our window every day and we see the ocean. You know, I've had opportunity to, to, to sell real estate here and probably one of the most sought after not only places to live, but to sell real estate. So. I live a blessed life. You know, I really can't complain. And now I'm in a position where I own my own firm, you know, with three other amazing partners who they bring a lot of value to the table. We've been able to accomplish a lot in a very short period of time by launching and um, founding Aston Rose, which is the name of our company, sports and entertainment. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm happy to be here, Austin. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, that <clears throat> that background of, of growing up and being an athlete. And, and I guess before I get into that, K Katie's pretty close to the Woodlands, right? Yeah, it's about an hour away. Woodlands is north, Katie's west. So it's about an hour away. Gotcha. So it's that's all suburbs of Houston, but on opposite ends of the... Back in our day, when I was growing up, it was country, rice fields. You know, Woodlands is more like Lake Conroe, woods, a lot of pine trees, whereas Katie was like flat, rice fields. So all of that was country, man. And now it's been developed into these master plan communities that are really like small micro markets outside the city of Houston. Yeah, I just remember, uh, gosh, I don't remember what year what year it was, but it was, it was, I believe it was Sam Bradford's last year as a quarterback. And I'd gone down to... Texas. I actually met a, a friend in Houston and then we took kind of a, what do you call it? You know, basically like one of those rock star buses 
up to Dallas to go to the game. And it was, it was BYU versus Oklahoma. It was the first game that was played at Cowboys stadium. Very, it was the, you know, brand new first time that it was ever even opened. And Sam Bradford got hurt in that game. And I just remember sitting in the, the living room of my friend's house, you know, he was talking to me about, it. he's got a beautiful home in the woodlands, swimming pool in the backyard, nice, you know, property, whatever. And this, again, this was a long time ago, but you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking I'd lived in Southern California. I was in Irvine and I bought my first house in Irvine in 2004 and it was a 1200 square foot town home and I paid $422,000 for it. And then I'm sitting in his beautiful home that he had paid $250,000 for. <laughs> and it just, it just blew my mind. Yeah. yeah well, that's, that's the difference in what you can get in Texas, but I will say this nothing compares to the Southern California weather and lifestyle. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but, you know, a kid growing up in Texas, I had pretty much up until, you know, 17, 18 years old, all my life, I spent scouring pretty much every corner and part of Texas, you know, being on the rodeo circuit, we traveled all over Texas, North, South, East, West. So, and outside, you know, Louisiana, Arizona, Oklahoma, like we went to a lot of those states for rodeos. You know, my grandfather, he was a ranch hand and, um, you know, he raised cutting horses, trained calf roping horses, bred them. And he taught us how to ride and rope, how to break horses. So I have a very different childhood and unique background since growing up in Texas. But again, I'll say this, it's coming from that to the weather and, you know, just the climate and, and being here and all the things that you have available to you. The mountains are two hours away, the deserts are an hour and a half away, you know. Um, the waters, everything's within an hour to two and a half hour drive. You can get different experiences and versus other places you got to fly, you know, long flights to get there. So, we're, you know, this this is a great place, man. It's crazy with the real estate costs, but at the same time, you know, the lifestyle is great. And that's what brought us here at the end of the day, leaving Texas to have the opportunity. I always laugh and tell people and say, you know, it's really gold in these hills. Every property in these hills and throughout Southern California Average is at least seven, eight hundred thousand to a million or more. And then you get into your upper echelon communities like where we live, the average is two to three million and up. So it's a lot of opportunity here for years to come for people to want to, you know, dig their heels in and, and, you know, take on the challenge of selling real estate. You can, you can, you know, you can be very successful, but it does take a lot of hard work. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know, like I said, my first house that I bought was in Southern California. My wife was born and raised in Southern California. My wife's parents have lived in Southern California since the fifties. I mean, yeah, it's going to blow your mind, but my wife's parents in October, this upcoming October are going to celebrate their 70th wedding anniversary. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've been married 20 years, which obviously is, is already a big deal, especially nowadays. You know, there's so many divorces that happen. I'm coming up on my 24th wedding anniversary next month. You feel like, you're doing a good job and everything's going great. And then you think, my gosh, (laughs) my wife's parents have been married for 70 years. I've got almost 50 years left to catch up to them. And I just, you know, I may never make it just based on age. Cause you know, back then everybody got married a little bit younger than we do today and all that. But still life partner that that to spend that kind of time with someone is great. And I wish you guys many more years as well as your parents. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So Let's talk a little bit more about the athletic background and really, you know, we don't have to go into details about, you know, everywhere that you played and all those sorts of things, but 
I find it intriguing, and I don't think everybody kind of realizes this, that if you look at entrepreneurs and business owners throughout the country or top-performing salespeople, for example, many, many, many of them were athletes, right? They may not have gone on to play professionally or even Division One, you know, college or whatever, but having that athletic background, that competitive spirit, that discipline that goes along with playing sports, it, it literally leads to success in your career, whatever that is, starting your own business, sales, whatever. What are your thoughts on that and what, what it did for you to kind of grow up as an athlete? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, Austin. And I, and I, I have to say, I agree just from my own personal experiences. You know, sports is more than just, you know, playing a game. Um, it's really about developing the necessary skills to succeed in life, communication, sacrifice, uh, compromise, learning how to work with others, also learning how to do things when you don't feel like, it, right? You know, it's not about, oh, I don't feel like working today or I don't feel like practicing today. That practice and, and spending that time to work on perfecting your craft is what, you know, separates, you know, any individual from average, right? And it's the consistency that being in sports and having a discipline to show up and work at something, even when you don't feel like or show up and work at something, even when you're not having success, it's hard to show up and practice when you're losing games, right? But the focus each time you show up should be on focusing on the things that you need to get better at and trust in the process. And you have to have a certain mindset to stick with that. A lot of that's why a lot of people don't play sports because it's very challenging. It's very demanding. It's high stress, you know, and a lot of people have a tough time, you know, meeting those demands and challenges. But also, in addition to what you shared, as far as transitioning into life and business success, you know, I tell people all the time, success is, you know, it's different for everyone, right? But at the same time, you know, success is really just obtaining the goals that you set out for. And that's all you're doing in sports is you're setting goals every week. You know, you're coming in, you're setting goals to whether it's, you know, get up so many shots and shoot a certain percentage, whether it's to improve on your footwork, whether it's to improve overall as a team in certain areas or aspects of the game, it's all goal setting. And when you accomplish those goals, that's actually success. So whatever it is you're setting out for, you know, the one thing that sports has shown me is that you have to make your, your first, you got to make a decision. And that decision is that I'm going to be all in because you can't half-ass it. And if you do, you're going to get, you know, the, the results of half-assing it. And when I grew up, you didn't have the choice to half-ass anything. I can say it's a little different for today's generation, but when we grew up, it just wasn't tolerated. It wasn't even an option. You were going to be a part of the team. You had to be all in and committed. And so that's that's really the big part of, of having success is making the decision that you're going to be all in and then committing to you know whatever that process is. And that's what sports did for me. It really laid the groundwork and the path for me to be able to enter life and have an opportunity to succeed. Didn't guarantee it, but it gave me the, the foundation to really fall back on because being consistent with something wasn't hard. I felt like the stuff I'm dealing with in business, like practices were way harder. Losing games were harder, right? Or going through the physical day in and day out, that stuff is way harder than having to show up and just be consistent in business. So I found it to be a little bit more easier, I guess, when I got into business because the only thing I had to do was learn. And, and I spent hours reading and, and taking the time to learn. And the discipline was there for me to be consistent. So eventually that led to having success in the aspect of sales and developing relationships. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think that all sports in general teach you a lot of things that transition or translate over to business, right? I mean, just, just the teamwork aspect, the importance of hard work, the discipline, all those sorts of things. I think that each individual sport has its own way of teaching specific things that, that can help you along the way, right? So I think 
you mentioned that you played baseball. Now basketball ended up being, you know, kind of your first, your first love and, and what you ended up pursuing beyond, you know, high school, for example. But, you know, I think back to your time playing baseball. And I think one of the best lessons that baseball teaches you is failing, right? You yeah. think about a hall of fame hitter, they hit 300, yeah. right? 30% of the time they're on base and that yep. makes them a hall of famer, like one of the best ever. And that means you're yep. failing 70% of the time. Yeah. And people don't understand that. A lot of people can't wrap their minds around that. Another thing that baseball teaches you is patience, right? Because you have to really stay focused for a long period of time while a lot of shit isn't happening, right? When you're outfielding, you're, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, right? And you can go innings without a ball ever coming out to you, but that one hit, you got to be ready. And if you're not, ball can go over your head or hit a ground ball, you're not prepared, and it, it ends up costing you the game. And so patience is another really big aspect that I learned in playing baseball because, like I said, it's not as high impact. Sorry, it's not constant like basketball, like football. It's really, it's mechanics. It's timing. And again, it's it's that discipline and and having that patience to be ready at all times. You know, I found baseball to be very, for me at that time with the hand-eye coordination, it really helped me in basketball. Yeah, yeah, no, I could I could see that. I think, you know, I think back to me as an athlete as a kid. So I played baseball and and I wrestled, and, yeah. and each one of them taught me, you know, some of the same things that you just talked about wrestling. I think, you know. It, it's you. You're out there on the mat. It's you against one person. You don't have, you know, you're part of a team and the mat, the matches and the tournaments get scored as a team, but it's you. It's one-on-one. It's you against that, that opponent. And I think that that teaches you, you know, that sometimes you have to do things yourself. You don't always yeah. have somebody there to, to fall back on and to help you, you know, as times get tough, you just, you have to fight through, you have to battle through yourself. You got to figure it out. But you gave a great perspective about baseball failing. That's that's really what you're doing. You're coming to the mound and you're you're striking out, like I said, 70 percent of the time. But at that 30 percent ultimately leads to you being a Hall of Famer or a highly highly recognizable player. Think about pitchers, how many balls they have to throw. And to be considered a top level pitcher, Hall of Fame pitcher. I mean, you got to you got to take a lot of hits, too. You know, there's there's a lot of people run. Hitting runoffs and, and 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 home runs on you more so than oftentimes strikeouts. So, yeah, man, sports is great. You know, I think more people played it and had to deal with how working well with others and, and team building. World could be a little bit better place than what it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right, so let's transition to Aston Rose and what it is that you guys are doing. Right, so you, you guys you guys participate specifically, and 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 I. I do have to point out, by the way, before we jump into this, that one of the things that most people don't realize, and and this is just me speaking, you know, this isn't necessarily me saying that this is gospel, but there are a lot of realtors out there, a lot of people that can go out and kind of get their licenses, but that have never owned property, that don't flip homes, that don't invest in real estate. And it's different when you're working with somebody who has done all of those things and has invested in this is what I do for a career, but it's also how I build my own long-term wealth. And so I, I just, I, I have to point that out and kind of give you kudos to that because the reality is most there, I don't know if it's most, but a large percentage of, of real estate agents and realtors and brokers out there 
don't really have any investments in in real estate if uh, if not you know just a small amount. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Like uh, one of the things I always use to my advantage. I think it's important, you know, when when you're talking with people that you don't know and they're making a decision on whether or not they can work with you. Look, there's always highly successful people. You know, you may be going up against someone that has a lot of experience selling or they sell big numbers, you know. But what I try to focus on aside from that is that, you know, I tell people I've been on the side of the transaction that they're on. So I understand the process. I'm empathetic towards the stresses and also certain times to the uncertainty and the questions that can come if you've never dealt with that. And if you have, you know what that's like, and you definitely want to have someone that understands that process and being on that side as a homeowner. And I've been there multiple times, so I can be able to use that to kind of create this level of trust and and also kind of allows you to kind of identify those and you and that individual to identify like, hey, you know, we have something in common, and that that's big. And so being able to lead, use leverage, I've owned properties has helped me a lot because. You know, people need to understand, you know what you're doing and that you're confident, whether you're selling a $100,000 house or you're selling a $100 million house. The process is the same. However, how you handle the clients and how you deal with the, the, the ability to have a successful transaction, being on that side as a property owner and understanding that does give you a very good advantage, in my opinion. And it doesn't mean, you, you know, you're always going to have success just because you owned a home and you become a real estate agent. But what I am saying is that having owned multiple properties and selling them, I can convey to each seller that I'm speaking with, I understand what you're, what you're dealing with. I understand how to navigate this process. I know things to be aware of. I understand how to fully protect you and advise you. And having that advice is why, and one of the main reasons why you, you should consider hiring me. And I think when you bring that to the table, that does help you set apart. Because look, we're always trying to find ways to set ourselves apart, especially in a market like where we're in now, where there's so many real estate agents to choose from, you know, the consumer has to be able to make an informed decision. If they don't have a referral, you're not referred to them. And even even when you are referred, you still have to be able to build rapport and trust. So I think my background in being an investor and, and those others that actually own properties and understand that process, it does give them a good advantage. All right. So this is typically where we take a quick break and, and share kind of a call to action for our listeners. But we're we're running a little bit short on time today. So I'm just kind of going to throw this out there that if, if you're listening to the program today and you feel like you have an opportunity or would like to be a, a guest on Tycoons of Small Biz, please find us on LinkedIn at Tycoons Small Biz and send us a quick message and let us know you'd like to be on the program. Or if you're thinking about selling your business in the next few years and you're wondering what it's worth, please reach out to us for a no obligation um, valuation of your business. So let's jump back into this, uh, Rod. Um, how did you guys get your start in, you know, you guys are working in a niche that's kind of unique. It's it's sports and entertainment real estate. So first describe what that is and, and how you guys decided to make that transition uh, as founders to kind of open up Aston Rose and, and get going on the sports and entertainment side. Yeah, well, sports and entertainment is just that it's sports and entertainment. When, when it pertains to real estate, we are servicing this, uh, you know, exclusive exclusive niche group of, of professionals who either are athletes or they are coaches or they work, you know, people that work in the front office or, or various personnel or staff that work in this space um, or artists or, you know, creators. Um, we've all worked with different aspects of these types of professionals in that space. So we have a direct focus on servicing this niche market at the highest level. 
you know, our focus is providing exceptional service to a distinct clientele and we don't compromise on that. We know that the thing that separates us from everyone else when working with this with this particular niche market is that we ourselves have been athletes. So we have a good understanding of how to identify with these individuals. Most of these individuals look like us. Um, so representation, we know not only does that matter, it's vital, uh, you know, in regards to how the future generation looks at this industry. Because me, growing, me myself growing up, I didn't see anyone looking like me in real estate. And this is a trillion dollar industry. When you talk about generational wealth, just being on the sales side, someone that is committed and successful can generate generational wealth. So in having these conversations with our clients, we are now taking this information and knowledge and experience from being successful selling and now also being former athletes, being able to identify with them. And now we have created a platform, a company where these individuals can come and get that individualized service where they know these people understand me. They have a direct focus around servicing me. Not only do they have this business platform, but they have the, you know, the experiences, the comfort, the competencies to service us. They have the track record is basically what I'm saying. That has allowed us to come together because we've all had success individually. Um, and we understand there's a need to service this clientele on a more exclusive level and in a more like in a way where we understand what's necessary and what's missing and what's needed to create more value for this demographic. We chose to come together and, you know, um, connect our resources, our knowledge, our experience in servicing this demographic. Uh, we felt we would be stronger in doing that collectively. And it would send a strong message to the marketplace that these opportunities are here. It's just really about creating them and creating your own table, if you will. And that's basically what we're doing and what we've already done. I think by doing that, we've set the standard that others can look at and say, hey, I can do this too. Whether it's fortune entertainment or whatever else it might be that's individualized, you really have a lot of success when you're focusing on providing a service to a niche market as opposed to trying to service everyone. And not to say servicing everyone is a bad thing. I've just found over time, I've made more money servicing a niche market. So the sports and entertainment brand we're passionate about because it is us. It's the very fabric of who we are as people with our experiences as athletes and being business owners now. We know what it takes to succeed in this space and we have value to offer to this demographic, which is why we formulated the company and the firm, Aston Rose. I think that you're hitting on some really important parts. First, I, I'll just mention the, the niche part or the niche part. You know, I, I'm never quite sure how to, how to say that. You hear it said, you know, every other way or both ways all the time. But I think that that can be very powerful, almost regardless of what industry you serve. You know, I think that we can't be all things to all people. And in my industry, it's, it's important that we have a niche that we serve because Everybody has different needs. Now, is the foundation of the transaction similar? Yeah, it is. But there are certain aspects of the things that they're dealing with, right? You know, think about professional athletes who may only be in that area for one to three years and still need to buy a, you know, buy a property and want to be able to take advantage of whatever, the appreciation, taxes, whatever, you know, interest rate deduction, anything that you, you know, they can take advantage of you understanding their background and what it is that they need is is important the other thing that you that you hit on that i think you know i don't want to brush past is the fact that most of the athletes like you said look like you and i think it's important obviously for them to see that there are people that can serve them that that look like them but i think also for the next generation your kids right you mentioned three lovely daughters 18 16 and 9 i think you said 
they need to understand that the only way forward in life is not through sports or, you know, entertainment, but there's an opportunity to build a business that maybe caters to those, to those industries, but there are great ways to build businesses, to be professionals, to, to live a great life, regardless of what you look like. hundred percent. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I, you know, I think you're spot on his legacy that's attached to it. The representation, as you mentioned, these individuals are, that look like me are able to see themselves and see not only there's someone that can help advise me and represent me, but also there's someone there that looks like me. If I ever want to enter this career field, I can feel comfortable reaching out to them and, and, you know, requesting information to learn, you know, whether or not this is the right, you know, opportunity or career path that I should choose. I, I remember that vividly when I first was considering real estate. I just remember, you know, being a young kid, you know, coaching in college, just finishing my master's degree and reading the papers about these real estate opportunities and, then when I would start to reach out and call people, it was like, none of them looked like me, none of them sounded like me, and they couldn't identify with me. And not that they were mean, I'm not saying that they're racist, but I think that, or that they were, and that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that I didn't feel comfortable enough to ask the questions or feel like they would want to share information or help me into this field. And so I think when you talk about the representation, both ways as representing them as, you know, as an agent and also representation for them to see themselves actually doing what I do, it is vital for the next generation to see. And that's one of my bigger missions, aside from just creating this opportunity for young athletes to, to have someone like myself that has the experience and knowledge that looks like them to represent them. The other side of the spectrum, which is far greater, is having more agents enter this space. Not all work in sports and entertainment, but just in this space, selling real estate, regardless of what level that they're at, in this space, selling real estate, working to build generational wealth for themselves and, and their families. I believe for me, that's a greater calling and a duty. And that's what I'm really passionate about and why I chose to you know, pivot in this direction and create a company like Aston Rose with my partners. Yeah, I would tell you that all industries out there need people that are doing what you're doing specifically for the Black community, the Hispanic community, the, the lesser served communities to where there's unfortunately this, this belief that your only way out is through sports, right? I don't know the perfect answer to it. Obviously that I'm a, a you know, I'm a middle-aged white guy that's that's trying to figure out how to how to fix this, right? And I think, you know, unfortunately, the middle-aged white guy right now is kind of under attack too because everybody thinks that that all middle-aged white guys are racist and and have taken advantage of this white privilege, right? And and so I obviously don't enjoy that part, but I want to be part of the solution. Absolutely. And I think that yeah, I I think that we need people in every single industry. And then I think we probably also need those, those highly visible professional athletes to be willing to get out there and, and have conversations about what the other opportunities are, right? So you can look at professional sports and know that there's a high percentage of African-Americans that are professional athletes today, right? But there's still a very low percentage of people who make it to become a pro athlete and make, and, and even those out of those who make it, there's a very low percentage that make LeBron James type money. Right. Yeah. So that message needs to be out there. And I think LeBron James does a pretty decent job of, of getting that message out there and he's giving back in his communities and he's doing all kinds of scholarships and, you know, all those sorts of things. But I feel like there's got to be, 
people that look like me who are willing to go out there and, and preach the message and do everything that we can to give a leg up. And then there, there are people like LeBron James and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and, you know, these really highly visible, well-known athletes that have, in my opinion, and this may be harsh and I'm sure they wouldn't want to hear it this way, but they have a responsibility to go out and do whatever they can as well to say, look, it worked for me. It's probably not going to work for you. So let's figure out a different path for you to still find success in this life and to understand that you are capable of doing anything that your white neighbor can do as well. Yeah, well, you know, you touched on a lot of great things there, Austin. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and I would say this, I think for you, you're already you're already doing something. You're already, uh, you know, doing your part. Like I always say, be the change you want to see. And you're exemplifying that by giving you know me this platform, this opportunity to share my story, my message with individuals, regardless of what they look like. However, we do know that there are many people in this country that are underserved that look like me, or they may be Latino, there may be some of them, you know, ethnicity that's not white, right, or not a white male. And we understand what privilege means in this country and and, and really the confusion and hurt and pain and even death that that's caused. And I think people like yourself, you know, Austin and others like you who are pushing back and saying, you know what, what is what challenges yourself? What can I do, right? And that's, listen, we all have a burden to carry in this country when it comes to racism and the ugly things that come from it. And uh, for myself, you know, I've always said you can either be a, a part of the problem or you can be the solution. And I felt being the solution was make a decision to leave comfort and go to a place leaving like Texas where there's comfort, there's family. I'm doing well, selling real estate, having a you know, great time to uncertainty and challenges and pain. And, and the bigger purpose is that I need people at the highest, you know, being at the highest level here in California, I need more people that look like me or minorities or, or different ethnic backgrounds that they can see themselves in me doing this. And that in itself is a part of the change. Because listen, a lot of the problems that poor people are faced with, people of color, it comes down to economics. It comes down to opportunity. It comes down to not having access to information and so and, and also resources. And me stepping up and yourself stepping up, I think we're playing our, we're doing our part. I can say that for sure. We're doing our part to help bring about the necessary change for the next generation. I think people also have to understand, man, it takes hundreds of years, decades, to see changes like what we've been faced with in this country and around the world for generations to die out and new generations to learn, adapt, evolve, and do better. And I think we're on the path for that. It just, it, with all a lot of stuff that's still present, and oftentimes we're reminded like, wow, what's really changed? But the reality is there has been a lot of change. There has been some progress, but yeah, there's still a lot more that to be done. But I feel like us doing our part is creating that kind of like that snowball effect that eventually when we're far, when we're long gone, our grandkids, our great great grandkids are going to be living a better life in harmony. And I think that's what the focus is really has to be on as us as human beings. And we're all human here. Like, unless you got some special superhuman power, which we all have a superhuman power, but if you're not able to fly to another planet and find something better, we got to figure out how to make shit right here, right, right now together. I agree with you. And I, you know, I, I sure hope that we're doing everything that we can. And I, you know, I, I have to look at myself in the mirror every day and think, am I doing enough? Is there what, you know, what else can I do? And I think that that's healthy for all of us to kind of look at it that way. I think that we've just come through this period and now there's, you know, there's kind of this reawakening that's going on now. And I think that we're, you know, society is pushing things forward more than they have recently, because I think that there was honestly a period of complacency between 
call it the 1960s and early 70s, where there was that, you know, the huge uprising. And then it was almost like, okay, they, you know, there was some help and some people stepped in and, you know, Martin Luther King did his thing and everybody, you know, we were better off than we were. And then it just kind of became complacent and there wasn't a whole lot of continued change to where we move, you know, more and more towards really everybody having equal opportunity. Cause I think that's what it's about, right? Is everybody needs to have the equal opportunity at success. Well, a lot of that was diffused with, you know, the war on drugs, drugs and communities, and then, you know, the heavy focus on big corporate, you know, economics and really the financial separation of classes. And that, that I think really is what had to impact on bringing that, that, you know, that pushback, bringing things to a halt within it. You had families broken up, you know, and a lot of emphasis around the African-American community and crack. But the reality was drugs is just as ravaging white communities as much as it was black. But that wasn't being those stories weren't being told. So there's this propaganda, all these things that were happening. You know, we don't have to go into it. But the reality of it was that I think my generation, when hip hop came along, it really shifted everything. And it, it brought a reawakening, right? Just like the revolution did. It brought the hippies and everybody together. The hip hop reestablished that. And that caused that awakening where my generation and I'm part of your generation as well was like, you know what, you know, enough's enough. And now here we are, you know, 30 plus years later from the time hip hop launched. Um, and we see this new generation of, you know, like my daughter's age and people my age, and you know, the uh, millennials have really pushed back on like, hey, we're humans here and we all should have the opportunity to live a quality of life regardless of what we look like, what our sexual orientation is where we're from. This is American. And even if you're not from this is the world. No human being has the right to treat another human being poorly or or, or or treat them less than because of their economic status, their sexual status, their their racial status, et cetera. And so I look at this as a golden era for us. And this is an opportunity for us to get things right and to make right for our wrongs. And you know, a lot of people choosing to do the right thing, even though the media is telling us different. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And hopefully we didn't get too off off course here. I, I just felt like that was something to highlight that you'd, you'd uh, mentioned. So, you know, we're, we're short on time. You've got somewhere else you've got to be. I've got another meeting after this. And, and so we're, you know, running a little bit short on time. So let me just throw it back over to you and, and let our audience know what anything else that you'd like them to know about Aston Rose and what you guys are doing, how to find you guys online, whatever they can do to kind of get in touch with you and, and uh, partake of your services. Yeah, well, first, Austin, I want to thank you for having me on your platform and a great discussion today. But in regards to your question around Aston Rose, that what I would like to share, you know, Aston Rose is the first of its kind, the first national sports and entertainment real estate firm uh, founded by pros for pros. You know, our focus is really not only making the home buying experience, but the overall real estate experience for this specific niche group very enjoyable, right? And also creating a company where we can be one of the most diverse inclusive companies in the real estate, specifically the luxury real estate space where agents from all over can come and work and, and actually uh, have success, you know, by collaborating and, and working hard to support each other. And that's what we work to create at Aston Rose. So if you're an agent out there and you want to work for a dynamic company that has, you know, leadership that's passionate about helping others and uh, being in an environment where we're innovative. And, you know, right now we're being nominated as one of the most innovative real estate companies at uh, Inman's. Inman in Las Vegas this year. And that's huge because we've only been a company open for four months now. So if you're someone looking to work in an environment where, you know, you want to be supported, you want to have the opportunity to work 
with some of the most notable athletes on the planet. Uh, and you also want to work with other true professionals that, you know, are young, hungry, and, um, you know, just great all around people. I think, you know, as the roses affirm, you should definitely consider. And um, outside of that, you know, our mission is to continue to build, help, you know, our agents grow and build predictable businesses and also to support mm-hmm. our clients to the highest level and make it a great experience overall. So thank you for the time today. It was a great experience. And uh, if those of you want to reach out to me, you can you know, always contact me on Instagram. My handle is at Rod Watson, which is my mm-hmm. first last name, two, three, like the number 23, Michael Jordan. And email email me at rod at asterosese.com and uh, my cell phone number is 323-987-6474 so linkedin i'm rod watson you can connect with me there as well too but yeah those are the platforms where i can be reached or email a phone number if you ever want to talk about what asterose can specifically do for you and whether or not you know it's a good fit and or we're a good fit uh, yeah, reach out to me. And uh, other than that, you know, thanks again, Austin, for having me on your platform today. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to to have this interview, Rod. And, you know, like you said, Aston Rose has only been live for four months. You're not new to real estate, neither of your neither are your partners, but you guys are already making a big splash. And, and I look forward to watching, you know, what you guys are able to build this into over the next, uh, call it decade to come. Okay, sounds great. I appreciate you. You guys have a great day. You too. Thanks, Rod. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, where small business owners are recognized and celebrated as the backbone of the American economy. Tycoons is powered by Backbone Planning Partners, Intrepid Solutions, and Pivotal Advisors. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Arizona time for an introduction to another great tycoon. And be sure to follow us on all social media channels for links to all of our episodes and great content.